So hello everyone, it's Friday again, and this is another episode of the Network Hour podcast. I am your career and professional development coach and networking guru, Molly Kreese, and I am here with a special guest today, Daphne Sanon, and we are going to be talking today about building confidence through creativity, and we are also going to be talking about public speaking. So just before I um, get into everything, I'm going to introduce Daphne to you. She is CEO and founder of the Art and Public Speaking Program, Inc. The program strives to empower young children of color to build strong communication skills through creativity and public speaking. She has over 10 years of auditing experience and artists, an artist of many forms and a six-time marathon runner. Welcome, Daphne. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. So that was a short but sweet and interesting bio. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to need you to expound a little bit on, on, on that bio, because you talk about um, auditing, you're talking about artists, and also you're talking about being a six-time marathon runner. Yes. So I, wa- I want to know all about that. Okay, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can start in about uh, my experience as an auditor. I have... Over 10 years of auditing experience, I've done audit with financial, big four accounting firm with the government, and now I'm currently working as an internal auditor. Uh, That experience have helped me to understand different form of business. I've helped me to speak in front of so many different type of uh, executive teams, as well as uh, different type of companies as well. So that experience has exposed me to speaking in front of so many different types of people. And I'm very grateful to be in the field of auditing. Tell tell me about this marathon runner because- Yes, (laughs) marathon running. Marathon running is in itself a mental discipline in itself. I believe that anyone and everyone can run a marathon, whether it's a half marathon (laughs) or a full 26.2 marathon. I believe that physically, if you speak to your doctors, you're able to to run a marathon. What, What you need work with when training for a marathon is that mental aspect. You have to mentally prepare yourself, discipline yourself, throughout the race, throughout the training process. It can take six to eight, maybe a year to train for a marathon. With that training, you are disciplining yourself. You are encouraging yourself throughout the way to run that 26.2 miles successfully and healthily as well. I've run six times. I've trained for eight, but I've only had the opportunity to run six marathons, including two of the major uh, marathons, uh, Berlin, New York City, I've ran three times. It's a great experience. Uh, My favorite moment during the marathons are the spectators who are out there cheering for you, encouraging you to continue. And you are inspiring them also to be encouraged to maybe participate in a marathon. 
Uh, marathon currently are closed. However, the training, the running still continues. I encourage everyone to remain an active lifestyle, whether it's walking, whether it's going to the gym, just remain active and consistent and disciplined in life. So how did you get into running? Because I remember in high school, because I'm from the Caribbean, I'm from St. Vincent, and when we would have these um, events of running and all the other sporting events and stuff like that, I remember I could not run. I mean, I run, but I used to have the kids laughing at me because they telling me they used to tell me I have two left feet. <laughs> so I I don't I did not think that I could actually run a marathon. And, and then there is the down when you when you, they say when you hit thirty, it's downhill from there. The knees start hurting. Everything else starts start hurting so I don't know if I can run a marathon now but how did you get into running and loving running and running yeah. all these marathons yes um, I have to say when you reach your 30s it's not the end I'm in my 30s and I definitely I know a lot of people who are in their 40s and 50s women and men running marathons so your age uh, does it does have a factor, but your health and your mental aspect also help as well. How did I start it running? I started running actually after high school. A friend of mine who was in the track team asked me to come run with her. And we started running throughout the Prospect Park in Brooklyn. It was the challenge was we were going to run to the next tree, to the next street light, to the next tree. Next thing you know the feeling was so empowering i continued after realizing that i can run the full mouth park which is roughly three miles without stopping i was encouraged i was empowered to continue i challenged myself i asked myself well if i can run this park once without stopping can i do it twice and if i can do it twice well can i run further than that can i do a 5k then i started racing the excitement of racing is completely different it's it, the drilling is empowering itself after my first marathon which was philly 2011 i was like i can do it again i want to do it faster i can do it better each time you run you challenge yourself to get better to be better because you know you can do better and you can grow by discipline and changing things up. And that's how the love of running started because it, it continues to give me power. It continues to remind me that I am in control of my power. I am in control of my running, of my life. So I run to gain that reminder that I am in control. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what they call the runner's high or whatever they call it. That's, that's, that's awesome. So let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, let's talk a little bit about networking. Um, we met through Joan Pear. Uh, yes. Shout out to Joan Pear. She's yes. a networking, she's a networking master and she likes to connect yes. uh, just like how I like to connect people. And so we met through her. But tell me how um, has networking impacted your career and in, in where you are today? Yes, networking is very important. I think not only in the professional aspect, but in the personal aspect as well. 
in my professional aspect, it helped me to understand different companies, to get exposed to different professionals and what they are doing at their job, what they are being exposed to at their job. And networking not only expose you to different people, different experiences, but also different culture. Um, my networking goes beyond just going to a networking event or going to a Zoom meeting at the moment. It goes uh, to traveling as well. When you travel, you meet so many different people. You get to understand their culture. You get to hear their stories. You get to hear their testimonies filled with triumph and resilience and celebration. So networking just give us this opportunity to know the world, whether it is at the back in the backyard of your home just going out into the street six foot distance of course and saying good morning and just asking some question and understanding where someone is coming from in life and where they stand in life about certain things it's it's a good way a great way to continue to grow professionally and personally understanding where people coming from, understanding their stories and learning from their stories and being mentored by their stories and testimony. Yeah, that is great. Networking is so very much important. I preach it all day, every day. But let's go back to, because you said something there about backyard and it made me wanted to ask you, where are you originally from? Originally, I'm from Haiti, born and raised there for 10 years. Caribbean, Caribbean people. Yeah, we here. Yeah. <laughs> so that is that is that is awesome. So um, let's talk about because you mentioned in when you mentioned networking, you talked about mentorship a little bit. Talk about how mentorship, let's expound on that, how important mentorship is. And, and do you do you have mentors that you rely on? Yes, I, I believe that we need to have a board of mentors, different background, different field, different colors, different gender, different interests, because in life, we can't do it on our own. Um, people have great experiences that, and those experiences are to be shared, are to be shared to, so that we can learn from it so that we can get ideas from their experiences. And mentorship has done so great for me in my professional life. When I have a question that I have no idea where to go, I will reach out to my mentor just to bring the ideas to them and see what solution they have and how I can use their answer and their solution into creating a solution that fits my story. And another, way what mentor have helped me is through Toastmasters where I've met Joan and Toastmasters has a great mentorship program that encourage participants to continue to speak in front of the audience to continue to practice their communication skills and I definitely encourage no matter how old you are how young you are what field you are seek a mentor seek a board of mentor with different background different interests different skin color than you because it is very crucial in our growth so tell us more about toastmasters because i've worked with toastmasters for a long time now i'm not a member of toastmasters but i have 
um, worked with the National Black MBA Leaders of Tomorrow program where we mentor high school students. And every year we have, we have those acts of Toastmasters come in to teach the kids about presentation skills and, and how to speak properly and how to command the audience and all that stuff. So tell us, tell us a little, little bit more about, about Toastmasters and why it is such a valuable um, organization. Okay. Yes, Toastmasters is an international organization. It provides us with supportive group, supportive clubs. The reason why I joined Toastmasters three years ago was because I knew that I needed help. I needed support in my confidence speaking in front of a team. As an auditor, you are constantly speaking in front of your team, constantly speaking in front of the executive. I knew that I needed that confidence. And how do you gain confidence? You have to practice. How do I become a better communicator? I have to practice. I joined Toastmaster and I'm so grateful that I did. Shout out to LIU Brooklyn Toastmaster, <laughs> the best club ever. They are, we have a very supportive team. And the way the program goes, there's 12 different pathways that you can participate in to help you with your public speaking, where you practice your presentation, your posture, your vocal variety when you speak in front of an audience. And the clubs are so supportive by in providing you with feedback to improve. And I have to say that from the first speech that I've given to now, I've definitely have improved those past three years. I encourage everyone to visit a club, just Google it and, uh, and see how you like it. Yes, big up to LIU, because I went to LIU. So yeah, big up to LIU. That's my alma mater. So let's talk about the Art and Public Speaking Program, Inc. Tell me about that. Yes, that's a great segue. The idea came about because, as we know, public speaking is a very common fear for us as adults. The Art and Public Speaking Program is strive to introduce young children to public speaking so that they can get comfortable with it at an early age. The program want to tackle the fear of public speaking early. Though they are young, they are still filled with great ideas. The ideas matter, the opinions, they have wisdom. I, I believe children have great wisdom that we as adults can learn from. And I'm excited to, to start the program um, in July. We have a six week program starting in July. And um, I'm excited to hear and see the growth that the children will, uh, will get from the program. And the program itself, we are going to incorporate it with art because Art gives you an opportunity to learn and it boosts up your confidence automatically. When you paint something, you, you're excited, you are so happy about it. And I think that's a great marriage for art and public speaking when it comes to building confidence. And with confidence, you have improvement of your communication skills, improvement of your posture, your presentation on stage. And this is all the things that we want to install in the children, posture, presentation, confidence, and boldness to speak their voice, whether they are speaking in front of the teachers, their peers, 
so that they are confident enough and bold enough to to share the ideas or to ask an adult a question, to ask the doctor for a question. Um, yes, and I'm excited for the program. That is that is so awesome because I have a niece, she's six going on 16. <laughs> <laughs> and the way she she speaks is it's so is so awesome. She's she's in a dance group and, and she gets to go up. And, and and talk about her interests and all that stuff. And then also she likes to draw. So I think that is such a good marriage between the two that you have incorporated there. And I think it's going to be a, a very valuable program for kids. So uh, how did you how did you come up with this idea? The idea came about tackling the fear of public speaking at a young age. I have, as part of Toastmasters, I've seen adults very afraid, uh, filled with anxiety to speak about themselves, or to speak about a subject topic that uh, they are interested on. And so the idea came about, well, how can we expose our young children who are a future, expose them with the skill of confidence to speak? to communicate with us. Uh, we need to know how they are feeling about things, especially during this time when things are very, you know, very heavy. We need to know how, what do you think about this? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? How do you think we can address this? Though we think they are young, I believe that they have great ideas. I believe that they have great solutions to current problems that we have now. And giving them a stage for them to freely express that will give them the opportunity to do so. Um, I want them to know that their voice matters, their opinions matter, their ideas matter, and we are here to hear it and we are listening to them. That is that is great. That is awesome. So how did you how did you test test the program? I I, I guess I would want to ask, uh, did you reach out to parents to find out if this is something that they would be uh, interested in? Who did you talk to? And, and how did you come to that consistence that this is something that is really needed? Yes. Yes, I did speak to a few parents. I spoke to a few teachers in regards to if they felt this was something that the children would benefit from. And they all said yes. I also had a few sessions prior to start officially starting the program to see how the kids were behaving, to, to get the kids' ideas and opinions. And from the two, three sessions we've had prior to officially becoming a nonprofit, the children had great experience. They were excited. I did see a few nervousness, but nothing that can't be improved with practice. And that is what uh, the program here to provide the opportunity for them to practice and improve with their confidence, with their presentation in life. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's, that is great that you, you did your research so that you would know, because sometimes so often a lot of us, we have ideas and we think they're good ideas, but without that research and without re really doing that due diligence, we don't know if it's gonna work until we do that. So uh, my question is to you as well, tell our listeners 
what are the age groups you are looking at to tackle with this program? And also, I would love to know if maybe in, in not right now, or maybe you have that in your mind right now, or maybe long term, are you looking to work with uh, schools and other organizations to um, really make this program um, move forward? Yes, thank you for that question. Currently, we are starting with children ages 8 to 13 for the, for the uh, six-week program. Um, and in the future, yes, we'd love to work with schools. I would love to work with different programs that works with children in that age group because those are, they have the children that we are seeking to, to, to serve. And uh, right now we are starting our first program. We are going to see how the program go, ask the children for their feedback because this program is to serve them. And I want to hear from them. How can we best serve you? How can we uh, improve the program for you and your peers? And so, yes, in the future, we are looking forward to working with schools, with different programs um, to help the kids uh, um, with their confidence in public speaking and to help them express their creativity as well. You never know, you might have to expand it to, to other age groups because I'm telling you, high school need it as well. So this yeah. can definitely um, go, go far. And, yeah. and uh, just a question, how did you become um, your interest in kids? How did that, how did that come about? Because um, so much times a program like this could just easily benefit um, adults mm -hmm. and, and young adults as well that um, in college. How, why did you zero in on this particular age group, eight to 13? Yes. Um, you know, when we think of public speaking, we think of it as something that adults do. We think of it as something that we need for our professional growth. However, how do we get to that confidence of professional growth as adults? is by starting early. And so starting early and providing young children who are able to articulate, who are able to create sentences, who are able to form paragraph and write a speech, that will answer and, and address the fear early. And this is where the age group started. What age group can I tackle now that will have an impact because from eight to 13, they move on to high school. And in high school, there's more speaking going on. You have to speak to your teachers in high school. That's where you have to start thinking about college and you have to start asking your counselors questions. So from eight to 13, they have already built that confidence and boldness to ask the questions that they have in mind. And this is where the age group came about. How early can we start? And I'm sure we can start a little earlier than that, but we wanna start at eight to 13. And eventually, like you said, we could expand to high school kids and maybe expand it to lower kids as well because they may be four, five and six and have great ideas as well. Definitely. That is so awesome. I think kids are so awesome because then um, also the good thing with kids and, and doing this from small is that there's there's not much pushback. 
and and there's not everyone thinking that they know more than more than you the teacher mm -hmm. so uh, they're easily uh, better able to manage and better able to mold and 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 it's like it's like a a, a potty or a clay that's there for you to mold it into whatever shape you want it to be and you having that organization to be able to mold them in this direction to have that confidence because I think I think confidence is so important even in school now we have a lot of kids that grow up in families that they don't have that confidence they might be insecure about certain things about themselves about their family we have so much news where we hear bullying and and all this stuff is going on and I think I think your program could definitely help address some of those issues without even knowing that that you're doing that. So how do you how do you see that and what do you think about that? Um, you know, when I was young, I think that that program would have been very helpful for me growing up in a household with immigrant parents who have to work. We didn't have the opportunity to speak you know, because our parents were always working and supporting us. And so it definitely is something that I wish I had, and I want to provide that to the kids. And as far as hearing the ideas on bullying, we want to know, hey, how can we address this? Um, how can we communicate in the school about bullying? And what ideas can come about? Because we adults want to solve the solution, want to solve the problem, how we, uh, took the time to listen to the kids on how to address this bullying in school or bullying on the internet. How can we address that? I believe that the kids have solution. And if we give them the, the space to speak, we hear great um, solution to bullying in schools and on the internet as well. And it's so important. It's all about giving them a voice because a lot of these kids that you see are insecure and um, there's a great personality inside, but they don't, they don't just have, they don't have the confidence to, to show it. They're insecure. And sometimes it's because it might be of the environment at home. It might be so many different things that affect these kids and not giving them a voice uh, enables them to grow up into adulthood in that same insecurity and not having that voice. So that is why I think your program is so vital that you're giving these kids a voice, a way for them to express themselves freely um, without, any, without any consequences, knowing that they can really express. And then you can mold those expressions and mold those um, presentations into something positive. I agree. Yes. Um, that is an impact that we are aiming to have. Yeah. Talk about, because hey, you said the program strives to empower young children of color. So it's not just about kids. It's about children of color. Mm -hmm. Why did you zero in on, on, on children of color? And, and why do you think that specifically children of color needs to build those communication skills? Yes, I, I, I'm zooming in into children of color just by what I'm seeing in my neighborhood, in my environment, and seeing that our children are not being heard. Um, and if you, you are of immigrant descent, children from immigrant descent households, 
usually uh, their parents do not speak the English language and they had to be the spokesperson in the household. They had to be the one reading the application. So we want to give them that exposure, that confidence to speak, to be advocates for themselves, to be advocates for their parents when it comes to children from immigrant household. And because oftentimes I believe that our children of colors are just not being heard this is the way of giving them that space to be heard. And I want to let them know that we are listening and we want to hear their voices. We want to hear their ideas, yeah. Yeah, that is so, that is so, um, that is so true. And um, because of the society and the world that we're living, we're in an environment now where we, um, uh, not meaning to go to this, but this is in front of my mind because it's in the news all the time, where we're told that um, as, as children of color, um, specifically black black boys, that we're told that to we, you have to respect the law, you can't say anything, if a police officer stop you, do whatever they says, don't talk back, don't do anything and all of this stuff. So our kids are already growing up with that attitude of not voice in that opinion their opinion you can't sound aggressive or you can't be um, teamed as aggressive they're going to think that you're a threat and all this kind of stuff so how is your program going to address address those issues um, with with kids because that might be uh, insecurity block for them as well because they're getting those teachings at home that mm -hmm. you have to you have to not speak, you have to listen, you have to this and that. So tell us the, about that. Yes, um, the program is definitely going to address and just giving them that opportunity to speak and having letting them know that the program is here to serve them and is here to listen to them. And one of the ways we want to do that is by giving them an opportunity of leadership, providing them with different roles during the session. Uh, for example, a participant will have the opportunity to introduce the next person speaking so that they can start to build that leadership skill and start to build that confidence in knowing that they matter, you know, in knowing that their voice matter. And I have personal experience with being shut down. You know, you grew up with speak when you're spoken to. And so as an adult, you grow up a bit shy, you grow up a bit introverted, you grow up a bit questioning whether you should say this or maybe I should say it this way and you, in your mind, want to sound perfect, right? And there's no perfection. As long as you are speaking your voice, your voice is your story, your voice is your testimony. And I think the program will give them that opportunity to tell their story and we are, just open and excited and want them to know that it is about them. It is to serve them. We want to hear them. We want to hear where they're coming from. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. So let's talk about creative creativity for a little bit because our black boys and girls, they are intelligent. They have a bundle of, of, stuff inside them just waiting to come out. I remember listening to um, that young Black woman at the, the inauguration. Her name is not coming to me now, but I believe 
I, she was the highlight of the inauguration, really presenting her poem and in, in with such with such um, value and such enthusiasm and all of that stuff she had bundled up in that one um, poem that was so powerful and so phenomenal. And then I also look at uh, there was this young boy that drew. Um, that drew the vice president Kamala Harris and he drew her portrait and the way that he did it, it was so amazing and so impressive. But then we still have uh, people that are trying to stifle these creative and, and then trying to stifle these talent, these talents in our black boys and girls. So uh, talk about that a little bit, why creativity is so important and why it's going to be important for your program too, to really focus not only on the public speaking, but on that creativity aspect as well. Yes. Um I believe we are creative humans. We are born creators, uh, creative. We are born artists. And as young kids, we are either encouraged in our creativity or discouraged in our creativity. And creativity comes in different type of form. There is dancing, there is poetry, there is painting, there's sketching, there's uh, drumming, there's music. Oftentimes, um, especially talking from immigrant parents, they want you to be nurses and doctors and, and lawyers and accountants, not really artists or, <laughs> or a dancer or a painter because the, the fear is that there's no value or there's no income coming from it. But as you can see, even when the pandemic started, how did we survive? How did we start to survive the pandemic? It's through art, through music, through painting, through, through dancing, through movement. Our body needs movement. Our mind needs the opportunity to be free. And this is where creativity comes from. Creativity gives you the opportunity to be free, to think free, to think outside of the box, to think outside of a circle. A painting is a painting because it came from your soul. It came from your heart. We can all paint the same thing, but it all looks different because we are all different and our creativity is limitless. And the program wants to give the children that opportunity to be free, to think free. All the ideas that they have suppressed, put it on the paper, put it on a drawing, put it in a poetry, put it in a song, put it in a dance. And that is what we want to give the children the opportunity to just be free let their soul be free, let their creativity just fly and be true to themselves. That is, so, that is so great because coming from the Caribbean background, like you said, our definition of success was not being a singer. It was not being a dancer. It was not being an artist. No. Your parents will tell you, you need to go to school, you need to get straight A's and become a doctor or become a lawyer or become some, some sort of a profession that is, you're gonna have a steady income and you're gonna make a lot of money. And, and that was going to make your parents proud. And even it, it goes so far as in some, in some households, they, they put those professions up on a, on a pedestal versus other professions. And then yes, that is stifling to children because not every child is going to be someone who wants to be in the book all the time. Yeah. 
right. I, I believe different children are born with different talents. And, and so as, as parents, if we don't know how to nurture those talents and we just have that singular mindset of this is what uh, you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to be, then we're definitely going to miss that mark. And I think that has been a weakness in the Black community for some time now that we were focused on our kids just being one set of stuff over here. And we forgot that there was a whole other aspect of things over here to explore and to take advantage of. And I think the internet has brought to light so many different things that you can see. Even though you're a doctor, you can be online doing videos yes. and doing consulting work and all that kind of stuff. Even though you're a lawyer, you see that you can be on a news broadcast, you can be talking about other stuff, you might be writing a book, you're a lawyer and an author, you can be so many different things. And I am happy that you're developing a program such as this, where you are giving um, these kids the freedom to be whatever they they feel or they have the passion for to be so i i definitely applaud you for that and i think it's a very a very great a very very good endeavor thank you and i mean you like you mentioned it could be an accountant an internal auditor and be a dancer and a painter and a musician even in the hospital uh, if you have a doctor who can sing that's a great way of helping the patients heal by singing with them, by dancing with them. And creativity and art makes us forget the struggle, makes us forget the toxicity that we is surrounding us. Dancing to the drum makes us forget that we just cried yesterday. It reminded us that, ah, there's hope. It reminded us to, to breathe. Uh, it reminds us to, to continue to push forward. And I think that um, encouraging our kids to be creative will maybe just give them that power to say, hey, I can be a singer and still be a lawyer. And I don't have to be just one or the other. I can do both. Definitely, definitely. I like how that sounds. So talk about how are you, how you're going to address those fears because with everything comes fear, right? Um, um, there's that fear of not thinking that you measure up or not thinking that you're as good as the other person. And let's face it, within kids, we have these things. Um, competition is there and you might see one person doing it better than you doing it and, and you get frustrated and you think you can't do it. So how, how will you address those fears when they come about in the, in, in the kids? Right. I mean, those fears come even now as an adult. And I don't think those fears are ever going to go away. What we want to do is ask the children how they can address those fears when they come. Communication, have an open communication with them and discuss how they can address when you feel anxious. What are you anxious about? How can you address that anxiety? Are you anxious about what's going to happen? Or is it, is it anxiety or is it excitement? Uh, when I 
am getting ready to give a speech, I get that butterfly in my stomach and I'm getting jiggery. And I, I have to ask myself, am I really nervous or am I excited to tell my audience the great ideas that I have. So we want to kind of have an open conversation with the children on how they can address um, that fear <laughs> that we tend to have, that tends to come. And fear and nervousness of anxiety, they never go away. It's always going to be there. We just have to know how we can address them when they come. Yeah, you're so right. Um, and I, I'm going to ask this question. Are there any, because we, you said as adults, we have fears too. I know um, sometimes before a speech or, or I have to do a presentation and my sister would laugh at me, I, I put, I'll put on music and I'm, I'm, I'm there dancing and I'm pumping myself up. The other day I had a presentation and I was playing, um, Alicia Keys, this girl is on fire, you know? So to get into that frame mind, to get into that mindset. So tell me, have you done any of those things? What, what are some strange things that you've done to get you pumped or, or boost up to, to do a presentation or even before doing this podcast today? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, before doing this podcast, I was in front of the mirror giving myself great affirmation, Daphne, this opportunity is for you. You deserve it. You were made for this opportunity. Uh, sometimes before running a marathon, you get nervous as well. I do a little dancing, you know, get started, get excited. This, this is present time for you. You were made for this. Just the way I speak to myself during those moments matters because you don't want the fear to win. You want to make sure that your true self is coming out and your true self is your greatest self. So therefore you have to speak as your greatest self. You have to tell yourself, you got this. You are excited for this. This opportunity was made for you. Before this, I was in the mirror, pumping myself up, telling myself that I was made for this. <laughs> That is great. That is so awesome. And the thing is, if we don't laugh at ourselves, um, sometimes we take ourselves too seriously and, and we need to laugh at ourselves and just and just enjoy life. And, and that is why I am so I'm so enjoying. Uh, I, it, yes, it's a pandemic. Yes, my island back home is having volcanic eruptions after eruptions. But it's important to not dwell on the negatives and to really find ways to lift yourself up and lift your, lift your, maintain that positive attitude so that you can breathe some positivity out into the air because there is so much negative going on. You have to find ways to really pump and boost yourself up. So, so I have to say there's also so much positive going on as well. And we have to search for those positive and we can't let the ne negative going on in the world overpower the positive that are going in the world, overpower us being grateful for, um, for opportunity to be alive at this moment. And this is where creativity come from. This is where dancing come from. This is where just taking the time to, to paint, um, to play an instrument, learn an instrument. This is where we have to say, hey, I know there's so much going on this, in this world that is toxic, that's negative, but what, what else is going on in this world that is positive? 
you know, in, in your life, in your surrounding, in your community, what positive is going on? There are so many great things, so many positive things that are going on. And I wish that in the social media world, we can uh, put this out more than we do the negative. But we do need to know what's negative is happening so that we can come up with solutions, so that we can use our creativity to address and solve those issues. That was powerful right there. So tell me, give me some tips um, for our listeners, for parents that are listening who um, might see something different in the child. The child is not the bookworm child. It's not that that child is the one who's um, scribbling on paper or, or doing a twirl in the mirror or, or sounding a note and, and give, some, give some tips to parents who might not know what to do and how to uh, foster that creativity and really bring out that 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 passion in that child that's that's starting to show those those signs signs of creativity. Yes, I will say support uh, support them. Uh, have an open communication. I believe that communication in the professional world is important. Communication at home is important. Communication with our children is important. We need to know what do they need from us as, as their mom, as their dad, as their parents, their aunt and uncles, what do they need from us? What support do they need from us? A child might just need for you to just uh, give them time to paint. And you need to ask them, well, what feeling do you get when you paint? How do you feel when you're dancing in front of the mirror? How do you feel when you are creating? We need to encourage that more often because when they feel heard, I'll repeat that when they feel heard, it builds their confidence. It builds their self-esteem. They feel good about themselves and they are proud of who they are. And we need to raise children who are proud of who they are. We need to raise children who can look in the mirror and tell themselves that they are beautiful, tell themselves that they, are, they matter and tell themselves that they are going to have a great day. So we have to have that open communication with our kids and we have to support them as well. Yes, uh, Daphne, this is so awesome. I, I feel like I could talk with you for another, another half an hour, but this is only an hour of the network, our podcast. But um, tell us where your program is going to be situated, because maybe parents in, in the different states might be hearing us talking about this program, and they're like, oh, my God, this is going to be so awesome for a kid. So tell us where you're going to be, where it's going to be your base, uh -huh. and also explain if you will be having online sessions, because we're in a virtual world now, and and. If you're not, that might be something to think about because you might have parents that are not within your immediate vicinity, but outside that might see this program and be like, there's nothing like this here in Atlanta or here in LA. And that's something I would like my child to be a part of and to have. So talk about where your base is going to be and if you are going to do anything uh, virtually. Yes, our base currently is in Brooklyn. Um, and we are, the board and the executive, we are uh, having discussion on how we can expand that virtually because we are living in a more virtual world. Uh, 
COVID is still happening. And so how can we open that to a wider, wider audience? However, the mo at this moment, we want to start in the Brooklyn area and we are going to provide it in person with limited amount of kids. And we're in a location where we can still go have the social distances and wearing the mask. We want the children to have that opportunity to still be able to socialize. I've had asked so many different kids about how do you feel about virtual learning and the ideas, the answer is always, I don't like it. I don't like it. We want to give them that opportunity during the summer to, to get out away from the computer. And so we are going to start and base in Brooklyn. Eventually we want to expand it virtually and we want to make sure when we do expand it virtually, we are still providing them with that uh, networking opportunity and socializing opportunity as well. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And don't worry, guys, down the road, she's going to expand it to the yeah. other state, other states and having something physical in the other states. Yes. <laughs> so don't worry. But for now, it's, for now, it's Brooklyn. And, and that is that is awesome. Thank you so much, Daphne, for coming by and, and, and talking to us about building confidence through creativity creativity and also talking about public speaking and kids. Uh, this was this was such a great topic. It's a timely topic. I think it's a time where we have to start listening to our kids and start fostering uh, that creativity spirit within them. I think that is so, so very much important. And I just want to thank you so much for choosing uh, the Network Hour podcast to come to share your program and to share your your knowledge with us and your passion and what you're, you're going to do. So tell our listeners how they can uh, contact you. Do you have Facebook, Instagram, or website? We do have, we are working on our website, but we do have an Instagram account and an email account. It's art and public speaking at Gmail. They can reach me there. And our Instagram is art public and public speaking dash after each word and they can follow us there as well we are currently working on our social media present um, however right now we want to make sure the program that we are creating for the kids is solid uh, when we start our summer program in july and before we go i want to thank you for for the space to uh, to network with you and network with your listeners as well i think this is a great uh, a way to to hear out different great ideas that are out there, great things that women and men are doing for our community. And you have opened a great space for us to share our stories, to share um, the work that we are doing in our community. So thank you for having that space. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. This is this is so awesome. And don't worry, um, my listeners, you will also have her information. I will be posting them in the podcast notes. So you would, um, if you didn't hear um, the information that she just said, you will also get it in the podcast notes. This podcast will be posted on Facebook and YouTube as well. So there is so many different ways for you to get the information. And I want to thank you so much again, Daphne, for stopping by and for talking to me about this. Before we leave, I always give a quote. And today's quote, I think it was by Albert Einstein. And he said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. And he also went on to say in another quote, a person who never made a mistake never tried anything new. 
And so those are some awesome quotes. It's thought provoking. And I want to give you um, some thought provoking today. It's Friday going into the weekend. And I want to wish everyone an awesome weekend. Have some fun. Get out there. Have some fun. Play with family. Play with your family. Do whatever you want to do. But <laughs> but be safe doing it. Do some doodling. Do some artwork. Be creative. But be safe doing it. And this has been another episode of the Network Hour podcast. Until we meet again, I want to say thank you again, Daphne, for stopping thank by. Thank you. <laughs>